Hey everyone, this is Andre with Backseat Directors. Before we get today's episode started, I wanted to just take a minute for some, just some minor error corrections from last week's episode and our movie review of Thor Ragnarok. Uh, and and I got to thank uh, my good pal Mikey Hidalgo from the Big Screen Breakdown Podcast for catching these errors. Uh, so first, when Hunter, when Hunter and I were discussing some of the older Batman movies with Val Kilmer. Uh, and George Clooney, we referenced Jim Carrey in his role as the Riddler. But in the discussion, we actually said Jim Carrey as the Joker, which is wrong. Jim Carrey played the Riddler. And second, in the movie details portion, I said the actor who plays Loki in Thor Ragnarok uh, <laughs> is Tim Hiddleston instead of Tom Hiddleston, which is his actual name. Uh, that that was definitely a slip of the tongue, but one I'm happy to be corrected on. So Mikey... Thanks for the call-outs. I know you only had the best of intentions, of course, of course. Uh, but in, if any of you listeners catch me slipping up on the podcast or, or making factual errors, uh, message me. Let me know. I, I definitely want to hear from you guys, especially if you're catching me slipping up. I want backseat directors to be perfect. Uh, I just I want the quality to be awesome. I want it to be correct. I want it to be great. And so with your guys' help, we can probably make it that way. All right, let's get the show going. Welcome back to the podcast. I am your host, Andre Hutchins, and you are listening to episode 42 of Backseat Directors. So thank you everyone for joining us. I'm really happy to have all of you back here listening to the podcast. And on today's episode, the co-host and guest host um, that will be joining me for this movie review is none other than my sister, Roxanne. So there are eight children in my family. I am one of eight siblings. And uh, Roxanne is the last sibling to, uh, to finally get an appearance on Backseat Directors. So yeah, I'm really excited to have her on. And I uh, hope you guys enjoy today's show. So let's go ahead and get things going. Okay. Okay. Ready? Yep. It's recording. Oh, shoot. Hopefully I don't sneeze into it. Roxanne, we're live. Hopefully not. Live meaning like we're live, like between you and me, because okay. no one else is hearing this live. <laughs> Thank goodness. Okay, Roxanne, it's finally your turn Much to be on the podcast. I'm pretty sure you're, you're my last sibling that, that has not. Yeah, well, your last family member, period. Hunter was the first, because he did it with Dad on my third episode. Then Carmen. Carmen was on King Kong. And Ro- then, Robbie was up there, too. And Early then, on. I think it was Mom. Well, Dad. I guess Dad, yeah, because Dad was with Hunter. Then Mom next. She did, um, she did The Zookeeper's Wife. Then, then Robbie. On Guardians of the Galaxy, then Samantha on my cousin Rachel. Basically, oh, everybody. Oh, Holly. Holly did life somewhere in there too. Yeah, she. Everybody. Everybody's been on except, except me. you. I'm busy. 
And yeah, what can I say? <laughs> okay, well, I'm sure everybody. I also that's had to hold out for a movie that I actually wanted to see, so that it was worth finding a babysitter. <laughs> <laughs> not not even all my go see it recommendations were well your go see it's maybe a little bit different whatever we'll see where we end up at the end of this okay has there been a go see it that i've given this year that you were like no yeah absolutely Which ones? <laughs> <laughs> now i can't remember what they were but there were for sure some earlier this summer that you gave go see it and i was questioning like what it no well yeah i mean there was no way regardless of your recommendation <laughs> that i would see that movie. yeah except samantha and carmen went and saw it and they both liked it i should have done a bd podcast refresher because <laughs> there there were for sure some in there that i was like not into yeah yeah that made me question your recommendation. <laughs> oh my gosh, you're ridiculous. <laughs> okay, but see, that's the beauty of this podcast and the beauty of the nature of Backseat Directors because the entire premise revolves around giving everyone a chance to do a movie review with me and so that they get to have their opinions heard, which means you now, Roxanne, are going to get to have your opinion heard. Yeah, I don't know that anyone cares about my opinion, but <laughs> I'm happy to give it. Anytime. I do. I care. I care. I did. Like, I really liked Wind River earlier this summer. Yeah, and you thought you wouldn't. I thought I wouldn't, and it was what I thought it was. It was, like, heavy still and kind of hard to watch, but I like movies that make you think. But you did give The Hitman's Bodyguard a go see. <laughs> <laughs> and no, I haven't seen it, but I know that I don't need to i have never heard so many cuss words in my <laughs> yeah. life <laughs> i think we looked it up and there was like at least three times more than we guessed there were um and are you looking at my instagram right now yeah looking i'm list? looking to make sure that there weren't any others that were like questionable yeah but because I do use your go see it recommendation. Okay, well, how about this? If are there it's any, something I'm interested in seeing already. Are there any no goes that I've given that you were like, oh, I wanted to see that? Oh. Or you're like, oh, thank goodness ghost you gave it. Ghost Shell? You gave that a go see it. Ghost that's, in the Shell. Oh that's going to be a okay, no well, for me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh yeah, there gosh. were a few questionable at best. Okay, well, listeners, you, you were listening to... There are two people that have listened to every episode, I believe, and Roxanne is one of them. I'm pretty sure the other is my dad. I'm the I'm a, most loyal. I have a very listener. supportive family, <laughs> very supportive. Even, even the the movie reviews that you don't even care to go see. Yeah, no, there's no way I'm gonna see some of these movies, but I listen anyways. It's good commuting entertainment. Roxanne, this is our forty. Oh my goodness! Hold on, how many episodes? This is either forty. Two or 43 i'm pretty it's sure it's 42 a lot of hours of it's my 42 life. it's 42 so f from when i started the podcast at the end of march i have seen no i have reviewed 42 movies since march i have seen probably 45 movies whoa from, and since march yeah it's a lot <laughs> <laughs> that's a time investment okay but finally we get to have you on no i'm really excited okay well good i hope you are roxanne's uh, one and only child, Teddy, 
who I call Teddy Graham. He is um, encaptivated right now with his, what, fifth watch of Frozen in probably the last two days. Mm, pretty close. He only has like four movies in his rotation now, which is three more than there were like six months ago. <laughs> so he watches Moana was the first one. He was obsessed with it. And yeah. we're talking about a, an 18-month-year-old. Like, but he, at 15 months, he was sitting and watching Moana beginning to end over and over and he's over. singing i can hear him singing yeah, right now to singing. <laughs> and then he added trolls then he added sing, sing and now there's frozen basically fun songs and colorful lights right yeah okay. yeah he loves it he loves to sing okay so well that's teddy but we are here to get to know you roxanne so we are going to ask you our get to know you questions now it's time for some get-to-know-you questions. Are you ready? Yes. Okay, question number one, Roxanne. What is your Desert Island movie? Okay, you're going to laugh at me, but obviously I've had a lot of time to think about this because (laughs) I am the last one to come on here, but my Desert Island movie is When Harry Met Sally. Really? Yes. I... (laughs) <laughs> maybe that immediately discredits anything that i say after no this. not at all but i love that movie it has humor and it has romance and i just find it light-hearted entertaining and something that i could watch over and over and over i think that it has no i'm not gonna like pretend it has like good like moral or values of any kind (laughs) but i feel like the moral of the story is pretty good but it i just find it to be really entertaining it's my sense of humor which is just like dry and sarcastic Mm -hmm. and um it's billy crystal and meg ryan like Mm -hmm. at their finest yeah and i just find that it's a classic that i I love to watch when I just want something on. Well, very good. That's a first timer. No one has said that yet. <laughs> Probably um, won't again. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Question number two. What is your favorite movie theater snack? Oh, this is easy. Um, frozen Junior Mints. Not a lot of people know that you can buy them frozen at the theater. What? Yeah. They keep them in a little freezer. I didn't know this. Yeah. It's so much better than regular Junior Mints, although I will also eat those. Um, <laughs> they're just... Like a good, like who doesn't like a Junior Mint? We've had a few Junior Mints on here, but never Frozen Junior Mints. Yeah, Frozen, I mean, like I said, they're both good, but Frozen Junior Mints are next level. And it just reminds me of Jerry Seinfeld. (laughs) Yeah, you and Hunter. (laughs) Um, Yeah, it's kind of like... Who um, doesn't love a Junior Mint? You know how, um, um, it's the Girl Scout cookies, the grasshoppers. Mm -hmm. Do you put those in your freezer? When I buy them... When the Girl Scout cookies come out, I put the Grasshopper Mint cookies in my freezer because that is the best way. If they last that long way. in my house, then I will. <laughs> <laughs> You've never tried it that way. They're you so try good. It. And for the record, Girl Scout cookies are way better than the Keebler Grasshopper. Yeah, the Keebler ones. ones are good, but the Girl Scout ones yeah. are much better. Yeah, I agree. The recipe's magical. <laughs> okay, Roxanne. Um, question number three. What was the first movie made you cry okay i'm pretty sure that no one has given this answer either but my girl i remember that it just spoiler alert if anyone hasn't seen this oh so sad it just really impacted me in a very real way she lost 
her best friend and at a really young age and doing something that was going to like help her protect her and so I think there were so many layers to that movie that I did not and could not comprehend as an eight nine year old I think that saw Mm -hmm. it for the first time it was I think I just didn't comprehend it I think that's the best way I could put Mm -hmm. it is that I don't know I mean I don't remember if I cried but I remember it impacting me in a way that I could not process oh I feel so sad right now (laughs) just I haven't seen that movie in years but it's such a good movie but it's so sad yeah I don't remember what year that came out but like that came out when you and I were kids yeah and so yeah we watched that when we were kids but oh that's so awful yeah and I think I think as a child I mean as an adult you don't understand loss as like losing a child or losing a kid yeah I think that as a child you really don't understand that because that's something that like as an eight or nine year old you shouldn't have to experience right so um it came out in 91 actually so I probably saw it though then when I remember oh yeah being older right because I would have only been four yeah yeah Oh, and Teddy's Teddy's still singing. <laughs> okay, question number four, Roxanne. Uh, do you have a favorite movie director and or actor? Yeah, both, one, or um, none. I've actually gotten none. Someone has said none on this podcast. Yeah, I can appreciate that answer too. Um, I'm not like a huge, I like I don't think that I'm like a movie buff. So, but I had to look him up. Mm-hmm. But it is the director of When Harry Met Sally. His name is Rob Reiner. But I realized that he has directed some of my favorite movies. Like what else? Stand By Me, which was a huge 80s movie. Do you know that that is a Stephen King book? I didn't know that until a couple years ago. Crazy. I didn't know that either. Yeah. Um, That's a pretty good movie. Mm -hmm. The Princess Bride. Yeah. One of my Mm all-time favorites. Um, A Few Good Men, which is Mm -hmm. a really, really good movie. And then um, this is Spinal Tap, which is like a rock, which is one of my. I've never seen that. It's one of my favorite, like '80s, just all encompassing. You've seen that movie, really? Yes. So Amy's friend Allison, Allison, hello, Allison. I know so you listen to this podcast sometimes, Um, but yeah, she messaged me and said that that is like her favorite movie. Yeah, it's (laughs) hilarious. Um, and my husband appreciates like any, like anything eighties. So, um, I think I watched it with him for the first time, but it's just hilarious. (laughs) So I feel like his range is pretty good. He also did, um, Wolf of Wall Street, which was a Mm. good Mm -hmm. movie, but I don't necessarily recommend it, especially for anyone. Yeah. I haven't seen that. The Bucket List. Mm -hmm. I thought that was a movie worth watching. So yeah, there's just a lot in there. I felt like the range was really good. And um, it definitely he also... is very different, all different kinds of genres. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He even did. Um, I really want to say he did Sleepless in Seattle, too, which yeah. is another Meg Ryan movie. Just some of my favorites. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I'll okay. say him. Rob Reiner. No, no favorite actor. Just director. Yeah. Um, I consistently have liked things that Russell Crowe has done. I think that he is a really... This is the thing about actors, though, is I think that the more, like, the better actor they are. Like, I really like Johnny Depp. 
mm-hmm. really like Russell Crowe. I really like Mel Gibson. I think mm-hmm. that they're like pretty versatile actors, but as we've come to find out, they're also pro- maybe they're pretty shady. disturbed people. All pretty, <laughs> they all shady. have questionable <laughs> events surrounding their names. Yeah. So, but I think they're really good and versatile actors. Like, I mean, if, like this movie, it says Johnny Depp is in it, and I immediately provide that movie some type of credibility based on Mm -hmm. the movies they choose to do. Mm -hmm. I know that I will enjoy it to some extent. Mm -hmm. And I think that that says something about the types of movies they pick um, as actors. And it says something about them as an actor. I know that they'll do well whatever they choose to do. Right. So that's kind of how I decide. And especially now, like more recently with everything that's going on in Hollywood and all the women coming forward to, you know, talk about. I made sure that Rob Reiner, my favorite director did not have any shade cast against his name at the airing of this podcast. Anyways. Right. And see, that's the thing. It's like, you know, I mean, I'm trying to think of a sports reference. The only one that comes to mind is Michael Vick. You know, one of the most electrifying quarterbacks to ever play in the NFL. And he was a part of this just awful, illegal, dogfighting ring yeah and like his fall it's, from it's grace hard. was pretty far yeah it's hard to you know and maybe we're not supposed to separate the two from like oh well he's an athlete and i enjoy watching him play but his character as a person is awful yeah. you know well and so. it's gonna be harder and harder to separate mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. and i think people were trying to in the beginning just saying like that it doesn't really affect their work or that they can separate their mm-hmm. body of work as a person um, like Bill Cosby. Bill Cosby, yeah. I successfully so far have been able to separate him as a person versus his work, probably because it's so nostalgic for me. Right. Listening to his stand up or watching the Cosby show growing up, like I, I didn't necessarily think anything of him personally, but like everything that he embodied, oh, I yeah. loved. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Same. Yeah. And he and was his probably stand up is some of like, I mean, it is the best of all time. Right. He was so right. good at what he does. And so for that is like the only one successfully I've been able to separate right. the work and the person, everything else I'm having like a hard time. Like I would be heartbroken. Like I would really, really be heartbroken if Jerry Seinfeld, if anything came out against oh, him. Oh, I know. Like I yeah. would, it, I would take it personally. Yeah, and yeah, the same, same goes for if it was like Steve Carell, yes. someone who like, yes. yeah, you idolize from like their TV shows and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know if you've seen this, yeah. but someone has set up like a Twitter parody channel or something like, think like so, things that our celebrities are doing in the whole me, you know, hashtag uh-uh, me too. No. <laughs> And it's like celebrities caught in the act or something like that. Yeah. And this one popped up in my newsfeed that like Steve Carell he was like, um, they're like, I, you just won't believe what type of person he is. He came in, sat at a table that I was waiting on, made his kids get off their phones and eat with us. He over tipped. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. <laughs> just trying to like make light of it. But I hope that's true about Steve Carell. Yeah, and I mean, it's like it's like almost every day, and this is very much off topic, off off topic, but it's every day yeah, it's sorry. like some, something new. It and, is, and you want to be yeah. surprised, but you're just not. Yeah, but I yeah, I mean, if Jerry Seinfeld, if something, can, I would really take it personal. I would take it kind of hard. Jerry, I have invested. Please don't have any skeletons. Serious. <laughs> I have invested so much time into <laughs> listening to his stand up and watching Seinfeld reruns. Like, I would be really... Yeah. I've incorporated all of his humor into my daily life. Yeah, I know. So. I know. 
Okay, Roxanne, last question. Okay. If you could change the any uh, the ending of any one movie, which movie would it be, and how would you change it? And if there are spoilers involved, just go ahead and let the listeners know. Okay. I don't think there's, well, I mean, I guess they're kind of spoilers because it's the end, like the ending. Yeah. Yeah, so that's okay. <laughs> um. Okay. But, I mean, but if it's like an old movie, like we already talked about you know, My Girl, you know, so like. This, this might be a little bit foreshadowing how I feel about the movie we're about to talk about. But the village. You would change the I ending know, of the village because you oh. adore oh. anything that M Night Shyamalan Ding Dong does. <laughs> I don't. I don't know how to say. Hey, his I'm telling name you, right. the, I'm the village might be. It might be on my top ten list. I okay. I appreciate that movie. This so is much. where we differ. Oh so, my gosh. The problem with that with this movie. Is that you have just invested almost two hours of your time (laughs) for this just, like, non-ending. Like, when they, when you realize that everything they think is just totally made up and that they're actually living in the present time. You wanted there to be some monsters? (laughs) Yeah, I think, I mean, I kind of did. Like, it just... Really, like the town was just cut off from society and they're living in this weird village with like walls Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. it's just like people playing a prank. Nothing frustrates me more than just just to feel like I just wasted two hours of my life. You're breaking my heart right now. You are breaking my heart now. I think the ending is so perfect. Oh my So I know that that answer wasn't going to be... I just (laughs) felt really unfulfilled at the end of that movie. Well, I think the Um, the movie itself is polarizing just because of that. I think... I think... There are a lot of people that love this movie and a lot of people that hate it. And I think it is because of what you're saying, because of the ending. Yeah. It, yeah, I could see it being pretty polarizing. <laughs> <laughs> so, just, how, so how would you change it then? I, I don't know. I mean, I guess I would change it by oh, like some like overcoming their fear or like conquering something. I don't know. I mean, this is why I don't like dumb, scary movies in the first place is because there really isn't a good resolve. Oh, it's so good. You know, oh, like, how do you God, resolve God, it? Yeah. You don't. You just oh. don't ever go there in the first place. Yeah. That's oh, how I feel about that movie. Okay, okay. And, but my my number one movie that I would change, I, I threw that one in there because I knew it would frustrate you, but I really feel kind <laughs> Thanks. of passionately Thanks. about it, is No Country for Old Men. No. I know. Roxanne, no, I don't know, can't. I know. Okay. Oh, but my again, gosh. it's just, and oh. I could, I could play devil's advocate and talk about like how the ending is so poetic. I just, I mean, my favorite movie is when Harry met Sally. Oh. I need resolve. <laughs> I need people to come, oh, you know, overcome so their differences. There is no resolve. Oh, I my just, gosh. I can't overcome. That you have no idea what happens oh, to his wife. Roxanne. Oh my gosh. I want everybody to be happy. I want there to be no conflict. <laughs> <laughs> I, want, I have, like, I am a peacemaker at heart. And I think that that is what I, like, I just want answers. Oh my gosh, Roxanne. I know. It's just a movie that frustrates me because I love all of it except the last five minutes. Well, have you ever read, so that that is a Coen Brothers movie? Have yeah. you ever read or uh, seen no, the movie Burn I... After Reading oh, with no. George Clooney and uh, Brad Pitt? No. So also an unresolved movie, but 
I love No Country for Old Men, but Burn After Reading, I hated. I hated that movie Why? so much. And not because it was unresolved, but because it was just a stupid movie. Oh, my goodness. Anyway. Okay, Roxanne, you have, you have totally put the knife in my back on two of my favorite movies. I could also argue that I really don't like signs that much. Okay, we're drawing the line. <laughs> we are done with this conversation. Really? Water? Oh my gosh. <laughs> don't come here then, Stop. idiots. <laughs> okay, that one is valid, but okay. okay. That is another podcast for another day. Okay, Roxanne, let's go ahead and we're going to move on to our main segment. And that is uh, we're going to introduce this week's movie. Backseat Directors presents this week's movie. And this week's movie is Murder on the Orient Express. Movie details. Based on the 1934 novel by Agatha Christie, Murder on the Orient Express is a murder mystery story full of intrigue and machination. What starts out as a lavish train ride through Europe quickly unfolds into one of the most stylish, suspenseful, and thrilling mysteries ever told. Thirteen strangers find themselves stranded on a train where everyone's a suspect. One man must race against time to solve the puzzle before the murderer strikes again. Is the greatest detective in the world up for the challenge? Murder on the Orient Express was released in U.S. theaters on November 10th, 2017, and it has a running time of 1 hour and 54 minutes. It is rated PG-13 for violence and thematic elements. So KensonMind.com give Murder on the Orient Express a 1 out of 10 for sexual content, a 5 out of 10 for violence, and a 3 out of 10 for profanity. And honestly, listeners, this movie might be the softest PG-13 movie I've seen all year. It is a very, very mild. Murder on the Orient Express stars so many recognizable actors. It really is stacked. So let's start with the main actor, Hercule Poirot. <laughs> I think I said it right. Who is probably the greatest detective in the world and is played by Kenneth Branagh. Daisy Ridley as Miss Mary Debenham. Leslie Odom Jr. as Dr. Aberthot, Penelope Cruz as Pilar Estravados, Josh Gad as Hector McQueen, Johnny Depp as Edward Ratchet, William Defoe as Gerard Hardman, Michelle Pfeiffer, Michelle Pfeiffer as Caroline Hubbard, and Judy Dench as Princess Dragomirov. Now, I probably forgot to include someone in this list. Honestly, there are so many, but needless to say, there are a, a lot of A-list name actors sharing screen time in this film. Murder on the Orient Express was directed by also Kenneth Branagh. That's right, Branagh directs and stars as the main character in this movie. Branagh is a well-established actor and director already in Hollywood. Irish-born Branagh is, uh, has directed a few Shakespearean films such as Hamlet, Macbeth, Much Ado About Nothing. He has also directed... Uh, the first Thor movie with Chris Hemsworth back in 2011. Uh, the film score was composed by Patrick Doyle. Doyle's other work, uh, other works include composing the score for Thor, uh, that same 2011 Thor movie, Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire, Rise of the Planet of the Apes, and Sense and Sensibility. The production budget uh, was approximately 55 million dollars, 
and its initial release in U.S. theaters grossed over $28 million in its first weekend, and internationally it has earned over $57 million, with a grand total of almost $89 million in its very first weekend, which is not too bad. Alright listeners, let's go, let's go ahead and get on with this movie review. Backseat Directors Movie Review I was really excited about this movie. Yeah, me too. I think a lot of people were. From November to December, I get excited about movies. <laughs> From November to December? <laughs> what about the summer months? The summer are like the big blockbusters. If well, you're, I guess you're a not. Marvel fan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're not too much into superhero movies, are you? No, I mean, I they're like a good popcorn and junior mints movie. Did you, did you watch Wonder Woman? You haven't I haven't yet, yet because... No? I almost watched it on the plane a couple times, but I feel like, I think in your recommendation you said that it was like a big screen movie. Like it needs to be appreciated on the big screen. Mm, I mean, you can, I, I plan, I actually plan on watching it tonight because I'm going to get ready for the okay. Justice League. So I'm going to watch all I just those. didn't want to watch it on a seven inch screen in front of me. No, no, no. Yeah. I, I definitely don't think you should watch it on a seven inch <laughs> screen, but it, you can enjoy it. You can enjoy yeah. it outside the theater. Uh, like other movies though this year that were like, you have to see it in theater was like Dunkirk. That's probably the one where like you, if you don't see it in the theater oh, yeah, yeah, and, yeah. Not, and not only the theater, but if you don't see it in IMAX, you're not going to be able to actually appreciate or even experience the movie to what it was meant, made and meant to be. Right. So. I do remember that. I did see Dunkirk actually. Yeah. Okay. 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 So wait, wait, wait. So, so you've been excited about this movie for quite a while. Yeah. Did you read the book? No. Have you seen the 1974 version? No. Okay, neither have I on, on both fronts. So let's establish that I right there. I talked about it a little bit with um, Todd, my husband, because he we'll listened talk... to the book on Audible. Oh, okay. So okay. he had some interest, interesting tidbits throughout the movie that okay. he offered up. <laughs> you mean during the ports that... He that was he not was... sleeping. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we went, we went and saw this movie on Saturday night. It was me, my wife, Amy, my sister, Roxanne, her husband, Todd, my sister, Holly, and her husband, Chris. And both Todd and Chris like fell asleep halfway through the movie. Okay, there's no but... excuse for Chris. But to be fair, <laughs> Todd had been up since like 5 o'clock that morning because he wasn't sleeping well. We yes. were on vacation. Um, Teddy has been sick. He wasn't sleeping well, so he was up with him. And then we flew home. We'd only been home for like a few hours, so he was wiped. But also yes. he just – he only likes historical – movies whether they're historical fiction or whatever todd yeah oh yeah well and yeah and again this is not i mean at least for me personally and even todd todd said well i mean in the parts that i was awake i really liked it yeah he did it doesn't go to i mean i don't think it reflects on the quality of the movie anyway it just means it wasn't a loud movie no it wasn't so and but the thing is is a lot of people are a lot of people are like hammering this movie. Yeah, I was surprised and saddened that it got like 65% on Rotten Tomatoes when yeah. I looked it up before we went. So that was kind of disappointing, but I was still excited to see it. Okay, so I, well, I'm, I'm actually going to pull up a review that I read. And this guy, I'm, I'm not going to name him, but um, he he's a movie reviewer that I follow on online. Is he? And Oh, ju- but he just does it for fun. Um, no, he, he, he does it for, yeah, I mean, he has like his own podcast, but he also writes reviews and he kind of, um, yeah, he's definitely, um, more polished than I am in terms of his experience and things and doing, you know, doing this, but he gave it a three out of 10. 
Whoa. Okay. Okay. So I, I while while I'm pulling up his review, because I I want to read some parts and I want I want to discuss them and just you tell me what you think and like if they're valid and things like that. Okay. okay. So okay, so you were pretty excited about the movie, right? I was I was excited about the movie. Okay. So what was after we got done seeing the movie? What was your overall impression of the movie? I gave it like a six. Out of ten. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So so but that that's like your grade of the movie. But what did like Up did and- you like the movie? Yeah, I would say that it's worth seeing. Okay. Okay. So what, okay, well, let's talk about, let's talk about our highlights then. Because I know I usually do my critiques first, but tell me what, what, what your highlights are. I like a good mystery. And it's hard to find that in a way that's not grotesque or scary or like overtly Mm -hmm. just gross. Mm -hmm. Um, So I felt like it felt lighthearted, but it was still a mystery. Um, I like historical a little bit and i'm not sure exactly what time frame that would have been in did it say in the beginning of the movie 1920s um 1930s i believe it was pre-world war ii okay so maybe okay yeah so and i i love it was it was like yeah it was like mid 30s so it was like right before world war ii started okay so i love anything that is historically set i think that that always provides an interesting context for the movie um i thought it was beautifully shot Mm-hmm. I think that there was a lot of really, really great cinematography. Um, sometimes you get worried with a huge lineup of A-list actors like mm-hmm. that. It just falls kind of flat, like mm-hmm. Valentine's Day. Yeah, and there there are a lot. There of, are a lot. Like high profile, very recognizable. And, and some face recognition, but I didn't. I wouldn't know their name, but I still like recognized them as actors. Right, right. Um, so, but like I just, I liked it. Like I thought that it flowed well. Um, I thought that the storyline was easy to follow. I thought that the, the, all the actors did a really good job in their respective characters. Mm-hmm. I felt like even though there were so many characters, they did a pretty good character development of each mm-hmm. so that you kind of understood who they are. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess I was just mostly, I mean, it was a little bit slow. It was, it was especially, especially like the, the beginning, I thought the beginning of the movie was excellent. Yeah. You know, where you're introduced to, let's let's try to pronounce his name, ready? Hercule... Hercule... Oh, shoot. <laughs> uh, it's like... Poirot. 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 Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a French name, a little bit difficult. But. Yeah. So I... when you're introduced to him, like, he's... Yeah, he's very he's captivating. Like, I'm pretty sure he's in... He's either in Istanbul or very close to Istanbul. Yes. And, like... And you know, I love like, that. I love that sort of sharp introduction of him yes that he comes out just looking like just really sharp i mean he just he's on top of it you can tell he's very smart that he's well accredited um very sherlock holmes-esque well so and amy made this distinction so she said what she really liked about his character was that he's very similar to sherlock and that he's he's a genius like he's very he is so observant that he he sees things and picture in in puts all the pieces together like a puzzle right but that his genius and his smarts isn't in it's not in a cocky way where where like robert downey jr you know his version Mm -hmm. is very arrogant and same with um um, same with uh, benedict cumberbatch his version of sherlock holmes they're very and i love both of their hercule just comes off as like He's, he just is who is he is. Extremely intelligent. Yeah. Extremely intelligent. He's, I mean, he is kind of unapologetic a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Like, oh he yeah. He loves. Yeah. He, he kind of points out people's 
Um, he won't mince his words. Like, he'll say what he means. And... Yeah. I mean, like, he just was telling everyone, straighten your tie. Right. Like, it probably actually really did bother him. <laughs> well, I love that. I love that about him, that he's, uh, he's like, this uh, obsessive, compulsive perfectionist. Yeah. And he has a yeah. commanding presence from the very first scene. Yes. Like, he just, you you just, I think you immediately kind of respect and adore him at the same time. Yeah. Um, which I felt like was important for that character. Yeah. Yeah. So, he... Um, He's played by Kenneth Branagh. I'm pretty sure I'm saying that right. Kenneth Branagh. Um, but yeah, I, I thought, I mean... And what else the, has he played in? You said he played in a lot well, of movies. Well, he played in Dunkirk recently. He's directed a lot of movies. So a lot of the more, like in the last couple decades... I couldn't decades, tell you who played in Dunkirk except Harry Styles. So, oh All those gosh. characters were so forgettable. <laughs> he is, if you remember, he is one of the British commanders um that on the on the beach and he's just oh. he's just one of the head guys on the beach okay you know um but he's he is uh he's directed a lot of movies he's directed a lot of shakespearean movies so a lot of the modern day like um mm. hamlin and things like that so um anyway he the the movie he is the main character of the movie okay so even though you have a lot of other high profile actors like yeah. johnny depp daisy ridley michelle pfeiffer etc in this movie the entire movie revolves around the detective around uh, Kenneth Branagh, uh, Branagh's character. Yeah, he. Okay. I mean, you definitely feel like he's leading the script. Yes, and I thought even in the slow parts of the movie, I thought that his presence on screen was well enough to keep you engaged in the movie. And mm-hmm. so, I, I, I never, really, I never felt bored. No, neither did I. Neither did I. Okay, so let me do this. Let okay. me do this. I'm. I, I have. Read I have the this negative gentleman's. Points. Three out of ten review of okay. Murder on the Orient Express. Okay, so he says he says this is the good. He said Kenneth Branagh's often amusing, intriguing, and delightful performance as um, Poirot. Poirot, I think that's how it is. He says the bad cast members are not given enough um, are not given enough to flesh out their roles. Okay, so it's like it's like he, he, it's a bloated cast, right? And, it and, is. and a yeah. lot of characters, right? Storytelling is clunky. And never comes together, and the script is heavy-handed, uh, heavy-handed both with its dialogue and message. Okay, hmm. so what I and this is the main critique that I've seen a lot of people say is that that the movie, the movie does not, yeah, the movie doesn't give you enough time to get to know all the characters. But there's I, a lot of characters. Yes, there are, and I think this was the point. And so for people to say, oh, it doesn't give you enough time to get to know the characters. The, what the, what I saw about the beauty of the movie is that it gives you just enough, just enough for how many characters there are and how the storyline comes together. I feel like they do. They give you just enough that you need to know. You're not supposed to be overtly involved in in any single character yes. except maybe Hercule. Okay, and that's that. And that's why I that's why I think that no, but there yeah, there's like eleven or twelve people that are all significant yeah, and all so have many. a purpose and all have a role that to give depth to each of them well, is impossible and it's impossible there's supposed to be a level of intrigue about each one because it's a whodunit yes exactly and and that and that is yes you are not meant to know these characters i, in I depth. mean i liked how they did that because they kind of fed out a little tiny piece about each person as the movie played out right Exactly. And so that's what I mean by 
people that I, I don't think it's a valid critique to say, oh, there wasn't enough given to it's flesh out the characters. It's not that type of movie. Because no, it, it's not meant to. You right. are The intrigue is supposed to be there because when you think you know a character, you don't. Right. Right. They have layers. Exactly. And in each character, even though, yeah, only a little bit is given to each of them. They all serve a purpose, and that is what I enjoyed and appreciated about them. I mean, I could, I again, I could play devil's advocate and say that with some character development, though, you really, you, I mean, you're trying to process the fact that someone on this train that you're on, a very limited group of people, has just murdered somebody. Right. And so, with some more character development, you really it kind of plays some mind tricks on you because you're like, it could not have been this person. Right. And you didn't know. But I right. think that as they put some emphasis on this in the movie, but someone says, as I thought was a, like a little bit of a foreshadowing, I think it was the con- or the director, the director, the young guy that mm. like. Yeah, he he's like he's like the owner of the train. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He says, you know, that's what I love about trains. Yes. A group of people forced together. Yeah. Because their destination is the same, and for no other purpose except that they're yeah. going to the same place. Right. I think right. that that was their way of maybe foreshadowing that, like, you really don't know who these people are. Right. And I so again, I could go either way on it. I really usually like character development, but I didn't feel like this movie needed it or. Or would have benefited from it in any way. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And and that's that's why I just, you know, people that are trashing the movie just because they feel like, oh, I didn't get to know anybody well enough. It's just because you weren't ever meant to. Yeah. And that, that's just I that's guess how I see it. The only thing that maybe I was to. a little bit disappointed in was I, I didn't really care when... <laughs> oh, shoot. <laughs> you have to edit that out. No, 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 no. You're good. You're good. You're good. Okay, um, I didn't really care when the person. Yeah, shoot, go back. Um, okay, I didn't care when the person that died died. Yeah, the person who was murdered. Right. Correct. Um. Yes, I, I so agree. I agree. Maybe... Not enough was given to them to make that death any, any like. Oh my gosh, that person just died. It was like yeah, oh. and so oh, okay. and you knew it was coming. Um. Because that's for all right. reasons obvious. Right. And so maybe maybe that was the only thing that I was like, I wish I cared more when he died. Because yeah. then I care more about what happens. No, about I agree. the result. I agree. Even though you learned that that person wasn't a very savory character. Right. Um, yeah. No, I, I agree. Because, yeah, there was no, there was no, oh, my gosh, moment. Someone has been murdered. It no. was just like, oh, someone is dead in their, their room. Yeah. Know? And I think that maybe... They could have made like they could have done a better job of making you feel a little bit more unsettled by what yeah. just happened. Yes. So there was it just was like oh okay that's who it is. Yes. Yeah. So. No, I agree. So one of the things that Amy and I talked about in the car on the way home after the movie was that um, I I think that my biggest critiques about the movie was that that there were there were a few too many plot holes. There mm-hmm. were too many things that that they showed. In specific scenes that just didn't make sense on why they chose to do that. So, right. And I'll and, give you an example. And, and, and I try, I, I'll try not to spoil this too much for those of you who haven't seen the movie. There's a scene where, um, so her, uh, Hercule, uh, Poirot, <laughs> I'm butchering this name. Saying that wrong for he, sure. Um, he, he interviews all of the people on this one cart because he has narrowed down that the, that the murderer can only be 
these people on the cart, right? Mm-hmm. So he starts interviewing Eva, all of them, and he gets them all isolated, right? Mm-hmm. But then all of a sudden, there is a passenger that screams, and she has a knife in her back. Mm-hmm. None of that, none of that, the timing, the everything around that, you already, it seems so odd. just felt like that it, was a cheesy scene. Yes, yes, nothing about that. And, and even even after you understand at the end of the movie why that happened or how that it happened. It just felt unnecessary. It was totally unnecessary. So there were, there were, there were a few scenes and a few I, like I issues rolled like my, that. I turned my head and rolled my eyes at Todd when that happened. So, okay, and there was a scene, again, this is a very minor spoiler, which I hated because that took me out of the movie for a second, yes. and yeah. I don't. That's where I get frustrated with movies. Okay, so there, there, there are a few clues that were given that, um, that the detective was able to discover, and he was, he was like, okay, so he was going through everybody's bags to look for something, and he went through everybody's bag, and he's like, it's not here, so the only bag it can be in is mine, and sure enough, he went to his his bag, and, mm-hmm. and the, this uh, this piece of evidence was in there. And then again, at the end of the movie, you see why it was in there. But again, it served no purpose. It didn't. Yeah. It had no purpose. And not that this should be a comparison, but it's the most similar to like the Sherlock Holmes movies. I feel like the Sherlock Holmes movies do a better job of bringing each piece back in and going back and replaying stuff that you may have missed. Yes. And that is what I wish that this movie had done a little bit better. The evidence never really came full circle. No. Uh Uh-uh. It didn't really like have any impact on what eventually happens and what you find out. And that felt like a little bit. Under, yeah, underwhelming. Right, and which is strange because I, you know, I, I, at least some of the reviews that I've read, people haven't touched on that, and I think for me that those are the biggest glaring issues with the movie is that there are things that are introduced in the movie and in the detective work that serve no purpose. There was no yeah. purpose. Well, I think the whole the point for me of a whodunit is like I want to be invested. Right. I want to I want to know what happened. I want to feel like, oh, how did I miss that? Right. And that's what the Sherlock Holmes movies do is they go back and replay these very subtle things that he had been picking up on the whole time. Right. But that you never took notice of because you it makes you want to think more critically about it. Right. Um, or it leaves you, it just leaves you thinking, yeah. you know, and yeah. you're like, oh, because you're just replaying it in your mind about how it all tied together. And I feel like, yeah, this movie really kind of lacked that strong storytelling element of just bringing all those pieces back together right. um, and making them mean something to the overall script. So, so without spoiling the ending, what did you think of the ending? Were you satisfied with it? No. Really? The you mo- didn't like how no. it ended? No. Mm-mm. That was my least favorite part. Really? Yeah. Really? Yeah. So like, once again, as Amy always does, I, I could, okay. She always figures out what's going on in a movie before mm-hmm. I do because I think she, she. I I probably it's didn't easy for her to do it, but I try really hard to just be in to the just moment. play dumb. Yeah. I just try to play dumb. I don't want to know. I want to be surprised. And so yeah, so I I kind of suspected that the movie was going to end that way, but I still was like, oh my gosh. Yeah, I, was, I liked it. I liked. I was the kind of half in, half out at that point. Okay. I think I picked up on it. Without, I'm trying not to give anything away. I picked up on it pretty early. Really? But I didn't, it's like I didn't want to put it together because I was still kind of invested in what was yeah. happening. Um, but when you find out what, like, who did it. Yeah. I was like, yeah, I saw that coming. Okay. Um, okay. So, so your critiques are, you, you didn't like 
the detective work because a lot of the pieces didn't fit or were necessary and you didn't like the ending. Yeah. Okay. Can you edit this part out? (laughs) (laughs) I just really want to talk about this part. Okay. Well, let's talk about it after we're Uh, done recording. All right. Fine. Okay. So, okay. Well, let's, okay. So I think, I think the only thing else I I wanted to add about what I liked about the movie, because I did like the movie and I think I liked it more than you. I, and you already mentioned this though, but I, I enjoyed how the movie was shot. There were very beautiful it was scenes. Beautiful. There, just the intimacy of of the whole movie itself and how it takes place well, on a train. In a train, yeah. But not only that, but they get stuck and they're they're not just on the train. They're in one location. Yeah, you for could be so very long. bored by that very easy. But that I thought yes. I thought they did a good job of just. Um, I thought it was just beautifully yeah. shot. Yeah. No, um, I and I really like that. I did. And there was something very isolating about where it was shot yeah that they're like oh we are stuck right. with this murderer right um so i liked i just thought it was beautiful yeah yeah okay so let's uh, let's go ahead and finish up a review and okay. we're gonna our last our last piece of our review not before before our recommendation is okay what are any themes or messages of the movie that stood out to you do you want me to go first or do you have them already no you can go first I okay so about this one. i what i the the biggest message that i took from this movie is ultimately what what uh hercule is he what he is um can you do this without spoiling it yes yes because i've already thought of how i want to say this okay he is challenged with a moral dilemma because he is he is a very by the books by the law what is right is right what is wrong is wrong it's very black and white for him and he will not compromise his standards nor his own morals and yet what is presented to him in his detective work of this murder will challenge everything that he views as right and moral and hmm. and that there is much more to the motive of someone's actions than just this is what it is. There is so much why and reason behind what people do and what we choose to do in our lives that, you know, that, yeah, it, it gives reason to the why. Right. And for for the detective, it, it is it's almost earth shattering for him it, how he he has to come to grips with his ultimate basically how everything how his investigation wraps up and i love that i loved i love so much that that is that is the message that i took from this movie and like oh my gosh that is beautiful i loved it that is a very like weighty moral <laughs> i feel like you're giving it no, more, I, I, more I, credit yes, than it I know, deserves I almost yes, because yes. i can totally see where you get that from um <laughs> I I want there to be that moral. Yeah. Like I do understand that it touched on that. I did take. I, I had the same te- takeaway, but not to the depth that okay. you just extracted okay. from. Okay. Well, was there any other? Theme I mean, or I agree. I agree that he um, had a moral dilemma on his mm-hmm. hands. I think that he did what he did because he does view justice as black and white. Right. Um, he hits on that a couple of times. I guess maybe that is where I wanted a little bit more. Oh, uh, okay. Okay. Um, I wanted a little bit more emphasis on why it was such a moral dilemma. Yeah. It, I think it touched on it, but I didn't think it really expanded. And I think that was a missed opportunity because I do think that that was kind of what, that almost could have foreshadowed the whole whodunit. Right. 
um, and made you think about that, but it was almost just lightly touched on. Yeah. And so I think you you give that moral um, of the story a lot of credit, more credit probably than it deserves. <laughs> But I do, but I, no, I, I mean, I agree in the same sentiments, but I don't think that it went to the depth that it could have. Okay. Um, and had it encapsulated that for me, I think it would have been a home run. Okay. I think that if it, it could have brought that into the story a little bit more, um, maybe a little bit deeper into the second storyline that you end up finding out about, um, a little bit more connection to what happened in that event, hmm. um, then I think that it could have done a better job of all those things. So, okay. So again, any other, I, outside of my No, message. I know, I know. Um, no, I mean, I, I think that that, that was my takeaway too, was that, I mean, that was, that was the end. That was the end, was his moral dilemma of now that I have this information, what do I do with it? Mm-hmm. Um, what is the answer? Um, and the answer is ultimately God decides, you know, mm. I think, um, and not to be like too religious, I guess, but I mean, he does. I think that he realized that this one he couldn't and that he could not better everybody that this result impacts. Uh-huh. Um, I think you realize are already tormented. Mm hmm already um their lives are already in turmoil and to add a judgment on top of it it just it didn't it wasn't neither here nor there so there was no resolute ending in that matter um because there sometimes there is no fixing it yeah no i think that's good i think that's really good i don't know how you can make it say that and make it so that it's not a spoiler but yeah Okay, let's go ahead and we'll move on to the last segment. You ready? Okay. Okay. Uh, <laughs> sorry, I'm stumbling over my words. Um, okay, this is our last segment and is our backseat director's recommendation. Our recommendation. Okay, Roxanne, what is your recommendation on Murder on the Orient Express? Is it a go see it and maybe wait or is it a no go? I think maybe wait, and, and so this is the one I think that kind of confuses people. Mm-hmm. May, the way that I view maybe wait is that I think it is worth seeing, mm-hmm. but not necessarily the like, ticket price. No, just yeah, <laughs> just not necessarily run to the theaters and go see it, right? Um, but that it's a good movie and that you liked it and that it's worth seeing. But yeah, if you didn't see it in theaters, you wouldn't be sad. Hmm. I'm considering my. I was gonna say go see it. Um, for me, there are few and far between movies these days that mm-hmm. are worth seeing in the theater. I'm not one to run and go see a Marvel movie. I'm not, <laughs> I mean, I'm super excited about Wonder that's coming out. Oh, yeah. Um, I was excited about this movie. I like to go have the whole experience. And for me, it was worth going to see. Yeah. I didn't pay for a babysitter, luckily, that night. But I would have, and I wouldn't have felt bad about it. So that's how I decided <laughs> So yours is a go see it? Mine's a go see it. Oh, very good. I don't, I mean, I don't know that I would rent it or see it again, but I had a good time. Well, yeah. And it's one of those movies though, that, you know, it's because it's a whodunit movie. Once you see it, yeah, you like you, you, it's not a movie you go back and rewatch all the time, No, but that doesn't take away from its quality No, because there's a lot of whodunit movies that Mm -hmm. once you know the ending, it's like, oh, 
I know it. I was super tired that night and I still enjoyed myself. I think it would be super fun to go see it and then like go out to dessert or something and just talk about yeah. the yeah. film. Well, I'm going to give the same recommendation as you. I do believe that is a go see a movie. Yes. One of the reasons because out of the movies that are out right now and you've got Bad Mom's Christmas and Daddy Home's, Daddy's Home 2 and... Yeah, anything with the number two in it that's not a Pixar movie <laughs> is a no-go for me. <laughs> pretty good that's funny it's just out of the movies that are out in theaters right now and for anybody who is interested in going on a date night or whatever going to the theaters and think and seeing a movie that i think is worth seeing i believe that it is yeah. a go see a movie that's what i'm saying yeah. maybe six movies a year qualify that for me <laughs> and it's usually november december yeah but see that's the thing a lot of people like they they see my my tiers of recommendations and they interpret mm-hmm. it their way yeah and that's fine i think everybody is yeah go ahead and uh, go ahead and interpret. i think it's a great date night movie it's not i don't think it's one of the best movies no. of the year mm-hmm. i don't think it's a movie i don't that, think it's winning anything right I, it's but for people who enjoy going to the movies and want to go see a good movie this is a good movie costumes I think. it could win costumes maybe yeah yeah um that's good yeah okay well thanks ann thanks for coming on the podcast thanks hope my son's alive yeah we've been doing this for under an hour and yeah that's good he hasn't found us yet okay so roxanne if there's anybody who wants to talk about the murder on the orient express with you or if they just want to follow you on social media well i'm a pretty private person (laughs) (laughs) false (laughs) um if you wanted to i think my twitter is still open i think it's roxanne wise at roxanne wise yeah i mean i'll tag you in the stuff okay it could be roxanne hutchins maybe it's roxanne wise um my instagram is at roxanne wise Okay. Thanks, Ann. Thanks. And thank you to all of you listeners. Uh, we hope that you enjoyed today's podcast and episode with Roxanne, my sister, and our review of Murder on the Orient Express. Um, so, yeah, make sure you guys stay up to date and subscribe to the podcast. That's how you can make sure that you guys can get all of our movie reviews. You can find us on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Podbean, and any other movie out- or movie podcast or, sorry, just podcast outlet that you guys might subscribe to. Um, but yeah, thanks so much again for listening. And uh, uh, if you want to be a backseat director like Roxanne, or backseat director, my goodness, um, then just reach out to me. Follow us on social media. Let me know that you want to review a movie with me, and we'll eventually get you on the podcast. Um, so on behalf of Roxanne, I am Andre Hutchins, backseat director, and we'll see you guys next week at the movies. The Backseat Director's theme song is Let's Go to the Movies by Ozo Motley. You can find the album Ozo Motley Presents Ozo Kids and all of their other music on iTunes. Join the conversation online and follow Backseat Directors on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at The BD Podcast. And him and her and me So find your seat In the perfect row Sit back, relax, kick up your feet And turn off your phone